Ned. What's up, Russ? <laughs> Did you hate that? Did you hate oh, it? You know what? I didn't hate it because that was that was one of the best songs from no, uh, the movie no. we're talking about today. <laughs> no, it was not. Oh, you're man. a fool. You're a fool. Do you was that a like a hit song in the like late nineties that I just didn't know about? Was that a no, thing? No, I, I think I think they just uh they might have wrote that song for this movie, which we should tell our travelers what we're talking about here. All right. All right, y'all. Welcome. We are talking about, you know, this is a special episode, uh, NEA 45, not really on purpose for that nice little number, but uh, it's we're talking about Pokemon. We're talking about not only Pokemon, but the very first Pokemon movie, Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. From 1998, which technically I think in America it came out in 1999. Yep. Um, but I am I'm very excited about this. I love Pokemon, and I'm I, I won't lie though. I'm getting a little worn out by it, and I think it's my own doing. I was so excited for Legends Arceus to come out, which is a fantastic game that I played a lot of Pokemon Go, and now I'm just kind of like I need a moment. And I just watched this movie twice and I am exhausted. Yeah. Pokemon. And I can't do too much Pokemon all at once. Too much Pokemon. But I I also love it. So, you know, whatever, man. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's good, man. I feel like, yeah, whenever you just do too much of one thing, like in just like shove it all down your throat, it's you're like, oh, I'm a little little Pokemaned yeah. out. I don't know if I can do a, a two-hour podcast and then go and play <laughs> a game for three hours. Uh, well, this hopefully won't be a two-hour no, podcast two for y'all. Hours. I mean, we'll see. If we just really get into a tear, though, no promises. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, speaking of 1999, what was your first introduction into Pokemans? Oh, dude, that is a great question. I I don't know. I really don't know. I, I think... Pokemon just kind of felt like it was always a part of my life. I yeah. think my earlier memories, my earlier favorite memories, I may have recounted on the podcast at one point, but it's playing like gold and silver in the back of my buddy's SUV, like while our dads were our dads were cyclists and we ended up becoming cyclists. But they would bike up the Chattanooga from Atlanta, 142 miles, and me and him would be in like the caravan. It was just like his mom's car mm-hmm. and we would kind of pace behind them or like meet them at certain stops and feed them and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the whole way up, we'd be playing Pokemon, you know, and, and me and him really our entire lives have just like, he stays on top of all the Pokemon games, but it's so fun having Legends Arceus and be, being able to talk to him about this incredible new video game experience for Pokemon. And it's the first one I've bought, like picked up in a while, but yeah, I, I wish I had a, a good answer. I had blue, I had yellow, but I'd never beat either one of those. I think I just got to like the fourth or fifth gym and then gold and silver came out because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a 93 kid, you know, as are you. So we were kind of not when Pokemon hit like America were we on it, but we were yeah. just behind that a touch. Yeah. I can't remember if it was cards first for me, like that, the cards started coming out and started getting them. I do remember like, like directly, I think I like got a cavity filled. My mom was proud of me 
and took me to the store and bought me Pokemon Yellow. And I was like so pumped up about it. That was a good one too. Pokemon Yellow, you actually got to have all the starters and a Pikachu that followed you around. Are you kidding me? What, Where, what yeah. more could a kid that loved the anime want? I know, I know. Oh, it was it was that. It was on the Game Boy Color. So that was the that was the big thing. It was that it was the first color. Well, they had red and blue in the Game Boy Color, but everything was red and everything was blue in the game. And this one was like the one of those three that was multicolored. So I was like, don't, don't tell me red just and blue slightly, is better. Just slightly. <laughs> yeah. it's, but because like yellow, you actually like go to different regions and it's purple and it's, you know, all this stuff in red and blue are just straight up red and blue. You know? I know. And I, my favorite, I had blue cause I was like, I did not want to look at like red the entire time, but I'm pretty sure. And it may have been on gold and silver, but there was a way when you were starting the game up, you could press certain like B down or A down or something like that. And it would change the colors of the the blue and red, or it could have been gold and silver. And I'm pretty sure yellow as well. I don't know if you've tried that, but if you still mm-hmm. have your game, dude, go in there and see if you can manipulate it. Like one of them is like inverse colors. You can turn it into like blue or red or green. It's like really weird, uh, but kind of a cool little feature that I found out probably years after I had the game, you know, Yeah. Um, was it from a cheat code book that we talked about from the, you know, the book fair? Yeah. Maybe, I don't Maybe. know. You know, might've been, might've been, but yeah, that was my introduction to it. And then yeah. I, the I cards know were for, huge. for sure after that, I was, I had cards and we would just trade them, like do very bad trades with our friends. And I think yeah. I got screwed out of most of my probably good cards. And then I screwed probably some other people out of their good cards. I think we all did. I definitely had a Blastoise, like a holographic Blastoise. That's why I know I had two of them. And one I lost and one I'm pretty positive got stolen from me. Um, mm-hmm. But the cards were, it was great because that's like a completely different, a separate experience for me. Yeah. Like the cards, eventually they outlawed them from like our elementary school, you know, yeah. which makes oh, they, sense. Yeah, for sure. They, they got banned from every school because they were like people are just doing that in class instead but but looking at like the original artwork to this day brings back like incredible memories and just there's something insanely nostalgic about like the first gen of the the um the The cards yeah just in the artwork itself that's what kind of you know uh, you know I, i like watching like the rippers on TikTok that, you know, rip open packs and stuff like that. It's entertaining to watch and kind of fun. But with like new generation Pokemon, there's a new like set of cards with new artwork every like, what, four to six months now. I'm like, dude, it kind of just like, in, until they came out with the whatever, like uh, anniversary packs, which were like the same artwork, but yeah, new evolutions, cards. Evolutions, evolutions too, yeah. Um, where I was like, that that's what I would want to like open and and start collecting, not like triple holographic double coded three dimensional Charizard <laughs> Rainbow RXV Max, yeah. you know. That, that, you when know, you, and, and I might get a little hate for saying that, but it's it's not like you're not pulling something that's like, you know, nobody was collecting Charizards back in the day because they were like rare, you know. Yeah, it was just, I mean, I don't know, man. It was just nostalgic, but it was awesome. If you had a Charizard, I feel like you had the best card. I'm not even like a Charizard guy. Like like I said, I, like I always choose the water type Pokemon. Like Blastoise yeah. is my go-to. But there is something to be said about if you had the Charizard holographic, I think on the playground, we knew. Like yeah. you knew what was up. Like, you were that's, like that was out, the man. legit one. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But, but no, man, I, I love the cards and all that stuff. And 
I remember, I can't remember what birthday it was. It must have been when this came out. So what, 99? Um, mm-hmm. We've been like uh, six years old, seven. seven years old. So turning seven years old, I'm, and I'm pretty sure this was the case for this movie, but I didn't look at the release date exactly in America. But a lot of these movies, the Pokemon movies and Star Wars prequels would come out like on my birthday, like, or like right around it, like early November. Yeah. It was like the the getting ready for Christmas time kind of thing. Yeah. And so I would, my birthday party would be going to the movie theater with my friends Mm -hmm. and watching these movies as my parents slept. Did you go to this one for your birthday? Oh yeah. I mean, maybe not for my birthday. Like I said, I don't know exactly what date it came out. But I know I have, I still have the like holographic Mew card that you get with this movie. Yeah, I, I know that that was in my book. Yeah. Yeah, like all the stuff from, I mean, there there was a Electro Buzz from this movie that I got and one of the little packs they would hand out and the Mew, obviously. Um, and then all of the McDonald's, like Happy Toys and all that. I collected it was a, all that It was crap. a Burger King one. It was a Burger King. Okay. Yeah, I saw it actually while researching for the, the the podcast today. Like somebody had a table spread of all of the different things. They had like 45 different toys from Burger King. Wow. Um, and I was like, I for sure had like the little plush Paula Whirl and I for sure had like the the Nita King keychain First of all, it's a great toys in general from a Burger King. It, it, like, apparently, they did say that good. Yeah, weird the, uh, the campaign was a flop though because every McDonald's or excuse me, every Burger King would like sell out and they would run out and people would get furious about it. And that said, oh, it was actually a bad PR move on like Burger King and Pokemon's part. Man, I, I mean, everything from like the Pokeballs. Remember, there was a time yeah, when you, you would get crack like, them plastic open. Pokeballs from Burger King, and you could also get those like golden chips that had Mewtwo mm-hmm. on them. And and man, I know my mom's awesome. got a toy box somewhere down in my basement that has like a golden like Charizard. Well, bar. that's what you say about your cards, and and I have yet to see a single Pokemon. I have card yet to see one too. We're we're I'm digging for <laughs> it. My mom's unpacking everything from storage and moving back into a new house. And I'm just praying that they pop up somewhere. I hope so, man. Um, well, you might be sitting on gold. You just don't even know it. Well, when was be, the last man. time you watched this movie? You know what? I, I just a lot of this movie. I remember kind of that first fight scene um, with Don Fan and and is it Don Don Fan right? Don Don. Yeah, Flan. a Gen two Pokemon. Yeah, it's like but, the only Gen two Pokemon in the movie, I think. Yeah, they, well, they apparently, this movie, I think, had the opener. It was like Pikachu's, um, it wasn't on the Amazon version. I was, I was bummed Pikachu's out. Pikachu's Vacation or Pikachu's whatever. Vacation, and they yeah. introduced uh, Meryl and uh, I think Grubel. Um, oh, Snoobel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe, man. I, uh, they they, they were flirting out introductions of yeah. Gen 2 Pokemon to get people like, being like, oh shoot, this is like really cool. Like this is like super meta right now, you know? Yeah, this is like a year before the the second um what is it, Pokemon Johto, I believe, came mm-hmm. out um in America. So people were definitely just wanting, craving more Pokemon. I mean, the midst of the Pokemon craze, I mean, you just if you didn't experience it, you would just not even understand how ridiculous Pokemon was yeah. in that time frame, up until like generation three. And I know a lot of people love Gen 3 and got into it on Gen 3, but I, I feel like there's something special about like Gen 2 era Pokemon when it was on every commercial, every kid on the playground had a Pokemon something or another. It was it was massive. It really yeah. was. 
Oh yeah, well, it that and then it had the the slump until about Pokemon Go came out, and then that's kind of what revamped it back to like a household, non childish type thing, yeah. you know. Which would have been right when we had graduated college, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Oh yeah, um, I played a lot but, of Pokemon Go in Los Angeles. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I I think the last time I watched this was fairly recent. Actually, I'm not gonna oh, really? lie. I so I've been re vamping or kind of taking there's this old board game i think i've told you about this in person uh pokemon master trainer and i've been taking that looking at the rules developing my own rules for it and a lot of times while i'll play it i'll put this movie on or the second movie oh kind of in the background inspiration yeah i mean just to (laughs) you know really go all out with it you know it's pretty great but it's really fun and i've been working on it and maybe one day i'll share that with our, our fans or whatever on Instagram or something if people really care. But um, man, so yeah, I, I've watched this fairly recently and I feel like, yeah, actually me and Allie are also kind of slowly watching through all the Pokemon movies. And the next one is the Celebi movie, which will be, which will be pretty good. But okay. we watched this one not too long ago and it, it holds up in many ways. And I, I wonder how much it actually holds up in others, you know? Yeah. It has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes, which coming from a movie that is such a big part of people's growing up and such a, you know, instills that nostalgia in people. It's like, man, it's it even fans, if you're going on and voting on IMDb or whatever, still not crazy about this movie. And I think, I think I get it. I think I get, you know, the movie starts off so strong, like, oh my gosh, that opening like let's build the antagonist scene that's like you know yeah, a solid well, 7 8 minutes long the YouTube so Dr. Fuji cuz you're talking about like the four four kids version right that was released yeah. in America not not the whole scene where it's like Mewtwo as a child or whatever with a, a kid who is the daughter of Dr. Fuji and Yeah then, I I read on that yeah. I didn't watch that version though Okay yeah, there was there was a whole thing. I think they they had that in Japan, and then they didn't release that in America, um, thinking it wouldn't be right for uh, American audiences. I actually have a quote from Wikipedia if you want me to read that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Shudo, the playwright, says, Mewtwo being torn over his life purpose uh, reflects the film's themes of existentialism. In the Japanese script, the movie or the moments Mewtwo realizes that he has to be right in the world just as, or he has the right to be in the world just as much as any other living creature represents the central message of accepting one's existence. These themes were largely toned down by four kids as Grossfeld, who was the producer of the American uh, release, felt American audiences needed to see a clearly evil villain mm-hmm. rather than a morally ambiguous one. Yeah. So yeah. They, they took out a lot, like, and it's like eight minutes, you know? And yeah. Well, and, and I watched it. it and I I think it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't well, really bother me. It doesn't at all. matter too much, like at the beginning, because you like it. It is they purposefully made him more villainous. I heard that even the the Japanese uh, vocal actor for Mewtwo was not, didn't have as much of like a brooding, epic, evil voice, and that they were trying to make it a, a, a straight villain in this movie. And you can see why the four kids version like really misses the mark when we get to the climax of the movie because the four kids version all of a sudden it's like Mewtwo's like whole thing about like what's my purpose 
And then he still doesn't know his purpose. It, it like we'll get to that because I have a lot to say about the end of the movie. It's like yeah. they they developed it and it wrote it really well. And then when it gets to the climax scene and they're, you know, working on dubbing it, it's like throwing in three different themes all in one. And you're like, I don't think the movie doesn't know what it is. And, I'm, really and, and I was like, it either doesn't. doesn't know what it is. The four kids just threw a bunch of stuff in there or it's like lost in translation. Like, and you know be. what I mean? Yeah, it could be. I think the issue is if you're, if you're losing the greater theme of existentialism or toning it down so much and trying to make it more like good guy, bad guy sort yeah. of a vibes as four kids did. I think you're, you're naturally going to lose kind of the purpose of the film. I mean, you can't, you know, you're 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 changing tones entirely when the initial setup should have been, you know, whatever yeah. to lead to the ending. But I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know if it takes much away. I don't think it's it adds or takes away. I don't think it's it's just not that great of a film in a way. Like I hate to say that because I love the film and I've watched it so many times. But there's definitely something about it that. It's just not like groundbreaking, you know, and yeah. it's never gonna. It's Pokemon, you know, yeah. like yeah. what it do you want? Pokemon's like first uh, shot ever at a full length film, and and we could talk about it. There were so many parts in the film, and it really got me at the scene when they uh, fall off the catamaran, and they're in the mm-hmm. water. They're in the water for like two minutes, and they just keep doing like cutscenes of like Staryu and Squirtle like pulling them along, and then they come up for air, and then they see a big wave and they're back in the water and then they see a big wave. And I'm like, we, okay, y'all have like extended yeah, this what are scene, we doing? like keep the movie well, then <laughs> over the an hour. It's so fast. I mean, you have all this build up to this epic moment. And then I feel like it, it just kind of climaxes and it's over. It's, and I don't even know, you don't really feel like, I don't know. I don't feel like I get anything yeah. out of seeing well, Ash the, be petrified the and then the tears and all that. Like, Yeah, the lesson learned aspect. Like when, As soon as like the Ash turned to, to stone or petrified, either like I've heard both. Um, and then the, like all the way to the end, you're like, wow, that was like, you wrapped up the, the good, oh, Mewtwo turns good part in like two minutes and then he's gone. And he takes yeah. all the clone Pokemon with him. I'm like, they could have stayed too. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Where know. are they going? Yeah, where are like, they going? Like, where are they heading off to? And and Mewtwo. It's so. I don't know. I guess. Well, you had Pikachu the whole time trying to convince, or the I say the whole time again. It's like little moments that you kind of take as this was important for maybe the growth of Mewtwo throughout the film, or what changes his heart, where he's just like, no, we're like we're buddies. Like I'm not his slave. You know, like Ash is like my best friend, sort of a thing. You know, yeah. I am. I don't know, man. I, it's just it. It's not even worth diving entirely into it. But we're going to. We're going to. That's the whole <laughs> point just, of this. It's worth watching, but it's just such a silly movie. But yeah, I do go- agree. I think the intro was awesome. I I love the introduction to Mewtwo. The explosions of the lab. You had the first battle where it's like Pikachu and that random pirate trainer that shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, and like, I was going to oh, have a moment to talk about how weird it was that this creepy pirate man, like obviously walked a long way and was like, you're Ash. Like I've been looking for you. I'm like, that's a little creepy, man. Like, yeah, let's freaking go. Give the Come guy on. some space. Jeez Louise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Well, it's funny too. The, uh, I think the, the scientist says they created the most powerful Pokemon which when you go through the generations of Pokemon, at this point, we have like a God Pokemon. Like yeah. Arceus. Arceus is God, supposedly, in this mm-hmm. universe, right? So like, 
how is Mewtwo the most powerful Pokemon? But for what it's worth on Pokemon Go, he is in his shadow form, the strongest Pokemon in the game, to my knowledge. So maybe, yeah. maybe there's something to that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to say about, you know, Pokemon that they've discovered. Obviously, they hadn't even discovered Mew at the time. The scientists hadn't discovered Mew. And so they just, just found like DNA. The data. Yeah, DNA. So, of course, like Mew was probably... And like Mew is supposed to be, what was it, created by Arceus and then put on Earth and then all of the Pokemon's DNA stem from Mew to some degree. He was like the first Pokemon and something about like... that. I, I read up that like... All Pokemon share DNA with Mew. Did not know that. Yeah, that's I mean, that. I could be wrong. That could just maybe not a reliable source. I'm no, not I, sure. I feel like but, I've heard something like that as well. I just I totally have blanked on that. Yeah, for some but, reason, but the, the fact this that, movie just sticks out as a, a one-off. Like I really don't feel like. And at the end, he erases everyone's memories, anyways, mm-hmm. except for his own and the clones. So it's like it it's doesn't kind of like even it matter. Really like it, I, I, it was one of my for questions Ash. for you. Was was does anything? And because you're a little bit more knowledgeable about like the Pokemon show in that universe, is that is there anything in this movie that's like OG? That's like it it lasts. Like we see Mewtwo again. We see Mew again. Like is there anything? Or did, does it really stand alone? Maybe later when Mewtwo comes back in another movie or something like that. But as far as like the the anime show that we were watching as kids, I've rewatched some of that fairly recently. And I don't even, to tell you the truth, I couldn't even tell you where in the timeline off the top of my head this fits into that. Yeah, I know you it's got to like, be like... Like right before the seventh gym and that happened. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because Ash does have Charizard, right? Yeah, and, and he's already because he, he was Bulbasaur. the first one. He skips Charmeleon in evolution, right? Uh, no, he has Charmeleon. Okay, so it's 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 well into the show a bit. It is pretty deep into the show, then I guess. But I I couldn't tell you where exactly it is. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know, man. I just thought it was really interesting that they're claiming the the idea that they're claiming that Mewtwo is the most powerful Pokemon that ever lived. They created him; he's a clone. And then Doctor Fuji is just all about like humans did this like it's all because humans are so amazing and so great and look at this incredible creation and then he turns around and dies from freaking Mewtwo you know his own creation like it just really rubbed me the wrong way how I don't know I don't even know how to describe it just like the feeling of humans are just so amazing that we did this thing and like like playing God creating Mm -hmm. a, a clone or whatever like there's something about that that just rubbed me in a weird kind of way. Yeah, well, it wasn't that that matter of fact that it was like the playing God thing from the humans because that that is kind of a pretty like stereotypical like let's build a villain, let's make a scientist create him in a lab, and he resents his own creation and creator. Like that's a pretty common theme. I just think it's funny um, too that like the whole point of like Mewtwo being angry about what's my purpose as a clone in this world? It'd be one thing if he wanted revenge on people, which he is out there to destroy the world and get revenge on people, but he does so by creating Pokemon clones and enslaving them. You well, know? I don't know if he was enslaving them long-term so much as just like, hey, we're building up an army and you're a part of it and it's going to be clones and nothing else. And like we're going to take over the, the world. Idea. But 
he's he's creating a the superior race of of Pokemon clones. But that's exactly what Giovanni was doing to him. Was like we're going to create these a superior Pokemon. It's going to make me more powerful, and we're going to take over the world. Because also Giovanni was using him to fight preteens in the eighth gym. So yeah. <laughs> like you see Gary Oak, you see the back of Gary Oak or Gary Gary or whatever his name mm-hmm. is. And, and I'm just like, for some reason, he builds the ultimate Pokemon and he spends so much time like, all right, here's a bunch of Tauros. Like, let's, let's go get them, you know, and trap them and let's now, go have, battle a bunch of teenagers. I did have a great, theoretically speaking, though, theoretically speaking, for. this kind of creation of Mewtwo that Giovanni obviously funded the experiment. He had a plan to, you know, take Mewtwo. He already had the armor like well-fitted. What if Giovanni was just a rich guy at this point? There was no team rocket and that it was years that Giovanni had Mewtwo potentially. And over the course of those years, uh, he became so powerful with Mewtwo that that's when he developed Team Rocket as kind of like the foot soldiers, but it was really like him and Mewtwo like running the show. But dude, maybe so. I yeah. I would almost guarantee you there is um, like a timeline, a timeline for that and how it actually happened and everything. But as someone who does not know, has no idea, I kind of love that. That's really cool. Like yeah. he builds his power and his wealth via Mewtwo, but. At the same time, you do have to keep in mind, Giovanni was funding the research, the yeah. creation, the scientists. I was, just, I was just saying he was already rich just and powerful, rich but yeah. there was no Team Rocket at that point. Gotcha. And that Team and Rocket, Team Rocket became after, yeah. Mm. I do, here's my issue with Team Rocket. There's, I know there are other Team Rocket members. We see them throughout the anime. Why are Jesse and James, is it just such a small crew of people? Why are Jesse and James like a, even able to talk to Giovanni? Yeah. They are so useless and they are constantly going after Pikachu or like weak Pokemon or common Pokemon because they've seen them do kind of weirdly, you know, like protagonistic things. It just, they're just the worst. Yeah, and they're, they're pretty bad at what they terrible. do. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe all Team Rocket members are always out on their own little missions. That they're all given missions, and um, Giovanni's just like, "Hey, you're not out there to find powerful Pokemon because you're not strong enough to actually capture them. <laughs> so go after the unique ones, the personality ones." Um, yeah, maybe that's so. why they're you know they're buddy buddy with Meowth. Like, pretty. Sh- I, I would assume Meowth is a clone of. Giovanni's Persian, honestly. No, he's not. Come on. No, Meowth's origin story is, uh, he think, I think he was just like on the streets and he was just a normal Meowth. And then he, by watching humans, learned how to talk like a human. And then somewhere along the line met Jesse and James. Exactly. I, well, and that proves my point of like, maybe Giovanni has them going after special and unique Pokemon because of their characteristic traits, not necessarily because... You know, that's like Pikachu can't, so. like, can't be contained in a Pokeball kind of uniqueness, you know? Yeah. Interesting. I don't um, know, man. But I, that's I, kind I, of a degrading task for them because they're like, they're not entrusted with like capturing powerful Pokemon. Well, they're terrible. They're yeah. they're terrible. They're so fantastic, but they're terrible. Uh, and I just, <laughs> like we see them in this movie dress up like, like Vikings. <laughs> like Vikings. And... Which is a... There was just so many. They they could have been pirates too. I don't know, like something yeah, that would I have guess, made more sense. 
Well, and you know, you have the whole classic, like, uh, what is it? Ash or someone asked, like, oh, I didn't know bi- Vikings were around or I've never seen one or something. And Ash says something along the lines of, oh yeah, they're all in Minnesota, which yeah. is such a weird, like real world, like United States reference that I just, well, you got to remember the understand. Vikings were bigger in the nineties too, that yeah, the they were, team. they were big deal football team. So, well, Team Rocket as Vikings was actually my tops of the episode. Oh, really? That was the tops yeah. of the episode? Yeah, as I'm looking at my notes, because I kind of really haven't been looking at my notes while we've been talking, but yeah, yeah that, that was my that tops. Line, <laughs> that line was, yeah, they mostly live in Minnesota was on my tops. The other one, in terms of tops, like top lines was, I'd settle for some of that Pikachu. Like, oh, I, <laughs> I love that one. Uh, man, I also, I, one of my tops maybe should have just been when Jesse, I know I'm hating on Jesse and James, but Jesse stopped Dragonite with a pan, like a yeah. frying pan when he was taken off. Also, why wouldn't they go to Dragonite? You never see Dragonites in the anime and there's one right there just flying by and they're like, oh, cool. Thanks for the invitation that fell out or whatever, you know, like yeah. there's going to be powerful Pokemon there. Let's go. Let's not get this pseudo legendary that's right here, right in front of us, right, right now. in front of them. Well, okay, I've, I got to stop there for my lovely. Give, give me some sugar, baby. Was handbag Dragonite? Was it? Dude. Yeah, the Dragonite has like a little like purse, and it's just like delivering mail. That just, was my yeah. lovely, but I did have a question about Dragonite. Okay. So Mewtwo has all the Pokemon on the island that are clones, right? The only other interaction or person that would have been with him was nurse joy at that point. Right. And she was taken that we know of. So this dragonite with a little handbag, I would assume it's not a clone because it obviously has some personality. So why is this dragonite working for Mewtwo? And why didn't he come back up later on in the movie? Yeah, like (laughs) who's dragonite? Like, is this, is it nurse joys? And it just trusted and went with her is it actually a clone? Like that wasn't answered whatsoever. No, it didn't have any stripes or any sort of weird uh, yeah. pin- well, pigmentations of its skin at, or anything. At the end, none, all the, the Pokemon that get cloned, it looks like he improved the process. Um, for, for some of the clones. Yeah. After, and remember like, he said three or whatever. He took the DNA from like a Bulbasaur, a Squirtle, and a Charmander and cloned them into their evolved forms. So mm-hmm. I think that's probably why they have like the weird stripes. It's kind of like he really altered the genes to get them into their evolved forms. You know, I I love the way they look with the stripes. Yeah. Oh, oh, dude, red stripe Charizard. I I want a card. I want a Pokemon card of like it is clone so Charizard. Cool. You know, there's a moment I think a couple of years back in Pokemon Go where they there was like an event to get those Pokemon, and I missed it. And every now and then I'll come up against one when I'm battling. And I always just get so jealous. I'm like, That's so cool. That's such a cool one to have. There's also the Metal Mewtwo or whatever they call it. I think they called it Metal Mewtwo. And um, the play, which I also went to as a kid mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Uh, like I'm just a super fan. So I went and saw the live action play of you know Metal Mewtwo or whatever it was called. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> They, they have that in Pokemon Go, and that's another one that I'm like, man, I really missed out. If anyone's got trainer codes and they want to they want to DM us your trainer code. I mean, get, um, get me some of these clone Pokemons. Yeah, train me your, your clone Pokemon. That would be insane. I would oh, love yeah. that. 
Oh yeah. Well, well, let's see. We've we've gotten kind of past that intro scene, and now we kind of get to where they're in the ferry station, and the storms the storms are brewing that Mewtwo's cooking up. I had just a major qualm with the dynamic between Officer Jenny and the Harbor Master Miranda. Yeah, Miranda. Like, first of all, Officer Jenny's voice is god awful. Oh, you think She's so? Like, you don't even know. Dude, I love um, that we're not even like, talking about Brock. We're just passing over how ridiculous he is. Oh, see that I think that one didn't just catch me. It didn't catch me by surprise because that's I was like, that's just good old good old Brock. Just oh you know, being gosh. a being a ladies' man. He sees the hologram. Sorry, I was away from my bike. He sees the hologram. And he's just like, she's really small, but really pretty. But really pretty. <laughs> and then he sees her on the wall in, in the harbor or whatever. And he's just like, there's Joy. Hmm, she looks familiar or something, you know? Like, yeah. Like they, I, they just always forget who Nurse Joy is or that Nurse Joy has 100,000 cousins and sisters and whatever yeah. that all do the exact same thing. Uh, and this movie, they really played on that. They had a lot of jokes that kind of like, were shout outs from the, the anime, which I I love and also the like made the movie just that much more like ridiculous. Yeah. But, the the whole Jesse and James scene when they're like, who's that Pokemon? Who's that Pokemon? Did I was you like, catch oh, the, that they did it wrong the first oh, time? Yeah. No, dude, we can talk about all the errors in this movie for a minute if you want. Cause well let's let's I, I want to talk oh yeah let's just do it. We're on it. Let's go. Yeah this they, is they the, call, this is the special. There's there's this is all over the place. It's Who all cares? just it's all over the place. There's so much to talk about that I was like, if we if we if we divert too much, we can't get back to that point. But yeah, they call Scyther Alakazam. Um they, was, they fooled me too. I was I was convinced. I was like, oh yeah, that's Al- no, that's not Alakazam. Like, yeah. <laughs> it almost like, got me. It almost got I think, me. I think literally all those mistakes were made just because of the four kids like dub version, that they were just doing it way too quickly. So that yeah. was that what was, was one. They uh, Meowth calls Sand Slash a Sand Shrew. Um, the bird is definitely not a Pidgeotto. It's definitely a Pidgeot. Yeah. Like, well, can't um, you tell from its scream that it does a hundred times in this freaking movie? <laughs> Can, give me your best Pidgeot scream. Do you got one? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cap out uh, on my mic. I think it's I think it's just more like instead of like Pidgeot, it's just a jot. It's like, <laughs> you know, like oh. it's it is rough, dude. Oh man, uh, there was one more too that they they made a pretty bad mistake on. Oh, I can't remember it. I can't remember. It. We might come to it later on. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's like a scene where Rapidash ha- doesn't have flames, and it just looks like a white unicorn too. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's, it's just a lot of funny little things like that. You could say it was a mistake though. Where going back to the harbor, where we actually started when they jumped in the water, and they're like. Oh, there's no way our Pokemon are strong enough to like make it through this storm. And then Squirtle and Staryu put the team on their back and yeah, bring they them. Did, they, but I, they I did don't it. think they. I think that they were closer to the island than we expected. So maybe they couldn't do the entire thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think it was okay. like hauling three people through. But like, yeah, they could have. They could have put the Pokemon on front of the boat, like and tied them to a string. You know. Well, my other issue is the prophecy. Yeah. It's pointless. There's it there's no reason for no prophecy. purpose to it in the movie. Except I I read one thing that something about the prophecy, and it's like the winds and the waters will will do something. 
that it has some sort of tie-in with why the Pokemon's tears healed Ash at the very end, but well, it was very convoluted. Okay, so Miranda says, Return of the Winds of Water, the ancient writings tell the storm wiping out all of all but a few Pokemon. So it's, it's like a Noah's Ark thing, you know. In their sorrow, the water of their tears somehow restored the lives lost in the storm, but there are no Pokemon tears today. Just water which no one can survive. <laughs> yeah. And then you have a bunch of 12-year-olds that are just like, you can't stop me. You can't I'm going. stop me. Did I you got like- all water-type Pokemon. I'm a I'm an idiot who doesn't play the video games and knows you shouldn't have all the one-type Pokemon. Yeah, well, there's that. And the, I'm, I, I was like, dude, Misty is the daggum, like, gym leader for water Pokemon. Like, why does she not have a Pokemon strong enough to, to surf on, essentially. I, I don't know. I think she gets a, a Starmie at some point. Like, I think her Staryu evolves. It, it does evolve. I remember that episode. Yeah, um, but for whatever reason, she has a Staryu here. I mean, I don't know, man. That I just Dugong thought that was, was massive, too. Dugong was they... massive. <laughs> um, okay, when, yeah. when they leave the harbor, too, did you... I had, I had two things about that. One, I don't think Mewtwo knew that they were going to cancel the boat. Like they were going to cancel the ferry. I am assuming that Mewtwo in a very dark attempt was going to be like, everybody come to this island. Those who survive will be, not not just those who brave the storm and come, it'll be like those who survive will be, will have the strongest Pokemon. And I, I was, was like, yeah. really shocked. I was really shocked. There were only three trainers there outside of Ash, Misty, and Brock. It it threw me off because I thought there was a lot more than that. Like thinking yeah. back to when I well, last watched it, but there was a moment I, too did they when they did they all die? I don't know. Well, you only see one other person attempt to leave, and there's in that scene when the guy uh, I forget his name now hops on his Gyarados and starts swimming. There's a girl in the background that takes off on a pharaoh. Um, oh. And it's like, and she's not on the island. You sure it's so. not the Pidgeot? Because the dude rode yeah, the Pidgeot no, through the hurricane wind. Go back and look at that that uh, one little scene. It's definitely okay. a pharaoh. Um, wow. And either, there's theories that she turned around and went back, or she died in the storm. She might have died. I think there might have been a lot more kids that died. And I love how the harbor master, Miranda, is just like, Oh yeah, these kids, they're just so driven. You can't stop them. They're Pokemon trainers. They're going to kill themselves <laughs> at the storm. <laughs> oh man. Uh, do you think Mewtwo is disappointed when when Ash shows up with a bunch of like first evolution Pokemon? <laughs> well, he was the one that scouted them and and sent them the invitation. So I think there was something to say about having that strong of unevolved starter Pokemon and like why he would want to clone them, you know? Maybe so. I just was like, when I thought about this, when I was watching the movie, I was like, I bet Mewtwo's thinking, gosh, dang it. This freaking <laughs> noob. Like you don't have anything fully evolved except for Charizard, you know, but yeah. I it, well, I think you, again, I think he probably really only did it for the Pikachu, you know, same with team rocket kind of special, special Pikachu, special Pikachu. Well, yellow, yellow cheeks, Pikachu. Yellow cheeks, Pikachu. I think around this time we see my lovely. Actually, we may have passed my lovely at this point. Okay. Um, Mew. Mm, Mew is my lovely. Mew was a runner-up for me. It's but... so adorable, dude. It's like a sleep in a lake in a little like air bubble, and then you see it playing on the windmill, and it's like trolling Team Rocket the entire movie, like. 
oh man, it's just so great. And you get the Pokemon card from the movie. There's nothing not to like about our little boy. Mew. Mew. Yeah. I can't even do it. I'll try, but I can't even do it. It was a solid choice character yeah. for Mew and a really good way to make it uh, really be the whole like juxtaposing character to Mewtwo that his Such purpose is just kind of fly around. Pokemon. Yeah, just just vibe out until it gets attached and then it's like, all right, let's go. I got pink bubbles. Yeah, he's and like, he's jumping. He, he takes the moment when Mewtwo's like throwing uh, shadow balls at everybody and was like, let's bounce on this bubble because it's fun. Yeah, like, and let me reflect the shadow ball back at you, Mewtwo, and and let's get going. I mean, he's great. I love Mew. Um, I always have. You know, when I actually my last playthrough of Pokemon Yellow, there's a, a cheat you can do to get him in your game, and it's just like he's programmed into Pokemon Yellow. You just have to go and do like a certain like do this and then that and turn here and talk to this Pokemon or this person or whatever. It's like a very specific. Abra. Yeah, like you, yeah. very specific. You have to go about these things so like exactly to, to. Yeah, you're just like tapping into the the data or whatever to get um some. I think a ditto or something turns into a mu. I, I'm not really sure, but anyways, I did it last time I played, and it is just so fun to have a mu on your team because you can learn like any move. It's just yeah, mu's great. Yeah, Definitely mu my is lovely. great. You're good, lovely. I I struggled with that. Then I was just like, what makes me smile more? Like Dragonite with the little man purse or Mew? You know, I was like, ah, it's got to be the Dragonite. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous. I didn't even think about the Dragonite, but that's <laughs> such a good choice. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah. they get to the island now. We're on the island. Get all the intros to the other characters, which are just like kind of weirdly, they have this very long introduction and like, look at my Pokemon. Look, at, And then the the other trainers are hardly in the movie anymore after that scene, you know, after the big yeah. like dinner intro scene is that it, even in the final battle, the those battle, you trainers have the, are kind of nowhere to be seen. It's interesting because you do have the Mewtwo battle because he comes down. He has this awesome spiral staircase mm -hmm. that'll come into play a little bit later on, but he's coming down, makes a crazy entrance, which is weird because he's planning on killing all the humans anyways. I don't know why he's like even bothering with these guys. I think the point of it was to test how strong the clones are compared to their normal Pokemon counterparts. Mm -hmm. um, and so you you have a little bit of like a back and forth where he chokes out the frat bro and the tank top uh, who sends his Gyarados and then Mewtwo just demolishes Gyarados. And then Ash is like, you know, like I'll, I'll play into the like rules of Pokemon. I challenge you to a Pokemon battle. Uh, and like everything, all the chaos stops and they go battle with just like, you know, Blastoise and, and Charizard and Venusaur. Yeah, um, I thought it was so lame that Mewtwo, obviously he used his like psychic powers to recreate this big castle, right? But he has a Pokemon arena there. And I feel like that's so anti-Mewtwo. And be like, I'm making my own way. I'm saying I'm done with this whole like humans own Pokemon, like Pokemon are strong on their own. They don't need to be slaves. But then he has the the whole like, it's being like, it would be like, hey, like strong guys are strong uh, and you don't have to be a football player to be a strong guy. Football players are slaves to the NFL. And then being like, you want me to prove it? I built a football field in my backyard. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Like, yeah. dude, it's not That's like so funny. You have to like defeat your whole point to prove your point, which yeah. is, I thought was kind of funny. 
Well, not only that, but he proves that his clones are stronger than their normal versions. I mean, mm-hmm. all three of them get destroyed, and that's why he's like, all right, well, now I won, so I get to capture all your Pokemon. That sort of thing happens. But if we're just going to real fast, fast forward to toward the end of the movie, where he, for some reason, he goes, I will block all the Pokemon's special abilities using the psychic powers. Uh, then we shall see who triumphs. And I'm like, Mewtwo, what are you doing, bud? Like, yeah. You've already proven that they can beat those the other Pokemon if they have their special abilities. Now you're going to block the special abilities and it's just going to be a, a, a slap battle. You're just going to have them all slap box or, or fight somehow physically. And it just... Like, that's the only reason why the Pokemon all, like, faint or get tired at the same time. It's because they don't have their special abilities. Otherwise, the clones would have just wipe the floor with the normal Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, uh, that old scene reminded me. me of that scene in Step Brothers where they're fighting and they just keep fighting until they fall asleep in the yard. Yes. Like, very much <laughs> that's so. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. I think um, the reason, if I had to guess why they did that, maybe it's like less chaotic for the animators. Um, or oh, maybe it's just having like an a some feeling. Yeah. Like yeah. a fire, thunder, water battle with like, bunch of pokemon at once that, yeah, that actually just animate makes a, lot a couple of movements here you know back and forth with like the ride-ons or whatever or, or the uh not ponytails the rapidashes you know they don't have to animate like massive movements and moves or whatever mm-hmm. they can just focus on the the forefront set of the background maybe I, you know i don't know it, it seems like a a pretty big flaw if there was a, a jake mistake of this episode i'm gonna give it the mewtwo for blocking the pokemon special abilities for the yeah. final bow if, if i was gonna go for the the mistake it's it is in this whole scene but not even just for like Mewtwo blocking the powers it's just the fact that the like you like you mentioned like this battle itself is pointless we're on this whole existential Hi, with Mewtwo about to discover the his purpose. He's proved his purpose. It's everything's on track pretty much. Um, and this whole scene was just so that the animators could throw in an anti-violence like ad of being like, doesn't fighting brother, just doesn't brother. fighting nobody wins in the fight and fighting is pointless. And again, they are Pokemon trainers. The whole point of them having Pokemon is to have the sport of fighting. And maybe that was the difference. It's like fighting for getting what you want is pointless because nobody wins. Or fighting for sport is cool. It it just almost was so like they threw it in there because maybe there was like some parent groups that were like, Pokemon promotes violence and fighting. And they threw in five minutes of like, we're not about violence, but we're about sport fighting you know certainly that scene was one of my like what happens in that scene where every and this happens throughout the entire movie every character just rehashes whatever the previous character says yeah whether it's with a question or they're just like oh yeah fighting's bad yeah fighting's like like bad and then nurse joy says something along the lines of like Pokemon shouldn't fight. And then I love the comma, not like this. Not <laughs> like this. It's okay if they fight normally. Normally. Or they're we like killing each them. other. Yeah. Yeah. But but not like this. And Misty, this just proves that fighting is cruel. You're a gym leader of a yeah. of gym that battles <laughs> Pokemon. Which which makes me believe that they somehow baked this into the movie like last minute. Like they were like, okay, we gotta have another like something that drives a lesson in a deeper meaning home. So they were like, let's create this whole like violence is bad. 
like thing. And it, you know, cause it was thrown you could have stopped it after that battle. And the first time when Mew and Mewtwo were fighting and pretty much had Ash block it there. Um, I don't know, either that or it was all this lead up just for Ash jumping in the way because he is trying to promote Pokemon not killing each other and that every, he just wants everybody to stop fighting. Yeah. Um, why can't we maybe get it was all, all the lead up for that, you know? I don't know. The, the Ash moment is a very special and yet very kind of lame moment. The order well, he, I get. He tries to kill himself like 10 times in this movie. But he's he jumps off. Chances. He jumps off the top of the spiral staircase to catch Pikachu in midair, and I'm like, okay, like y'all are both gonna die if yeah, unless you. In, but he goes into the water. He goes um, into the clone machine too, and it's like you don't know what that clone machine's about to do to you, dude. Like, yeah. what if it chops you up and gets your DNA or something? You know, like yeah. He, oh, he well, oh man, throwing oh, caution my. to the wind, just like Finn constantly. You know, yeah. It is, it is very Finn, like like first season Finn-esque. Like, let's just jump into the, like, situation the in age. the battle here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did, before we forget about the clone machine, I was watching it a second time today, and I was like, oh my gosh, so you know how those little, they have the little hand things that are, like, controlling inside the clone machine? Yeah. It looks like they're made out of bones. And I was like, it oh does. my gosh, I yeah. think that Mewtwo took the bones of the dead scientists and made it nah, dude. into the clone machine. Yes. Oh my, I would, I no. would love that kind of that like dark got twist. exploded big time. Oh, I don't know, man. Go back and watch it. It looks like straight <laughs> they up look bones. Like bones. In there. They look like bones. Yeah. I, I will say the, the scene where, I mean, man, as a kid, I know it made me cry at least once at some point in this movie, I definitely cried as a kid, but mm-hmm. the point where like, Pikachu is running away from like, they're all like master ball level Pokeballs. Those yeah. black balls that are chasing um, the Pokemon around and, and the, the main characters around. Those are incredible Pokeballs. But Pikachu is running up the spiral, the spiral staircase and just uh, like thunderbolting those balls to like knock them down, you know, and then more come and, and so on and so forth. Mm, thunderbolt that is, balls that over is there. A, what? I said thunderbolt and balls. Yeah, Thunderbolt and Boss. That is a like intense moment in this movie. It that is. moment and the whole cloning scene, I really do think, are kind of stand out for the second half of the movie. It's yeah. like that and then the the Mew and Mewtwo battle. Otherwise, it's all kind of like elementary, really not that fascinating stuff. But there are a couple little moments and I and I really love the Pikachu staircase scene because it is definitely heartfelt and sad to watch Pikachu struggle like that. Yeah. And then the whole cloning scene is very cool and very creepy. And yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. I think, you know, that it was the, the, that was the moments in the movie where Ash is proving that he loves Pikachu and Mewtwo sees that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you love your Pokemon, but it was at the moment where the very end when Pikachu cries over Ash, that Mewtwo understands that it's not just like, humans loving this thing. It's like the Pokemon loves the human back. And so you get to see yeah. a little bit of both sides of that there. But for sure, they did the cloning scene and the staircase scene so much more intensely than just like a, a slap battle, you know? Yeah. Well, even in the slap battle, like Pikachu's refusing the fight. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Pikachu's over oh. there being like pacifist Pikachu. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, well, oh man, I did. I do have to say, despite us ripping on the slap battle... 
did we did you notice that Meowth out here 1999 just solved racism like by himself when he's having the conversation he's like I have the quote he goes like you're right we do have a lot in common the same earth the same air the same sky maybe if we started looking at what's the same instead of always looking what's different well who knows and I was like dadgummit Meowth just (laughs) defeated racism in 1999 and we all just forgot for some reason you know defeated racism (laughs) oh Ned oh that's funny yeah, I <laughs> he had it. We we had all the answers we needed for a perfect society in Pokemon the movie Mewtwo Strikes Back, and we oh just all seem to forget somehow because Mewtwo erased our memories, right? Yeah. Now, did you cry when Pikachu was shocking Ash? No. Like, well, probably the as a come. kid. Yeah. No, it it at that point. Okay. I was no, just no. saying I had in my notes just to keep asking if you cried. <laughs> keep asking if movie. I cried. Because I it's emotional. the staircase and then that moment where Pikachu is just given given his all to try and shock Ash back to life is just so it's so good it's so sad and it's it makes you just be invested even though for some reason two psychic attacks cause someone to be petrified or turn the stone I don't really understand that but it was it was a good moment man yeah it was it, it was a, it was obviously the moment that is the reason we all go back and watch this movie again. Had it not yeah. been for that scene, uh, it just wouldn't have stood up that they made it that probably epic right. and that emotional and You're everything right. like that. Well, Mewtwo's lesson is the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. Yeah. Um, which I'm now, like, yeah, I mean, the circumstances of your birth really matter in a lot of ways, unfortunately, but... Uh, it doesn't define who you are and and what you do with life. I agree with that part of it, you know? Yeah, I, um, I love the way the last line is delivered. I love that that is the overarching theme and they did bring yeah. it home finally. Now, I did start really trying to think about the whole Mewtwo case and his existential thinking is that he says he sees now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. Now... At the beginning of the movie, he was like, his big thing was, what's my, what is my purpose? What is, and he's out there searching for his purpose. At the beginning of the movie, he does say, I think I understand that, like, I will find my own purpose and it's going to be to destroy the world. And I'm like, he already knew this lesson. He already knew, he already had determined that the circumstances of his birth or his search for purpose was going to be decided by him. He just chose for it to be to kill everybody. And at the very end, it's kind of like he he still could have been like, I'm still choosing my path. Like I I already determined that the circumstances of my cloning are irrelevant. It's what what I'm doing with my life that determines who I am. And I'm choosing to rule the world, you know? Yeah. So yeah. he kind of knew the lesson already, in my opinion. I think so. Well, he even takes a moment and it's like when he's flying away and he says something along the lines of, well, clearly this 12-year-old knows, you know, the purpose and, and knows the reason for life. And I hope I find what it is that you've taught me today for myself or something. You know, it's like there's no real conclusion other than, yeah, maybe killing everybody isn't my purpose, you know, and, yeah. and taking over with my clones isn't the reason for living. Um, I just thought it was. I, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what they meant is that he realizes that like, just because 
I was born into what I consider to be crappier circumstances and, you know, abused by scientists and abused by Giovanni, that I can turn and create a better life for myself despite my, uh, like, bad circumstances. Yeah. But Which is a much better lesson. I wish that, I mean, you know, they should drive that home. Yeah, you know, like driving home that, like, even though I came from a troubled past, I still like, have a bright future. Yeah, yeah, I, I still so have a much. bright future ahead of me. You know, that, yeah. that would have been way more changing his existential way of thinking. Not, it's continually just as existential, but yeah. just redirected anger, you know? Mm-hmm. So that yeah. was, yeah, that was the qualm of the whole, like, let's tie this up in a lesson. And I'm like, it didn't really answer his own lesson. Like, no. it didn't really, Mewtwo's still, like, an incomplete character. He's just not angry anymore. Yeah, and he erases everybody's memories and no one else got the lesson but himself in the end. Well, here's the crazy thing, man. And Because I was, you know, talking about most powerful Pokemon. Obviously, Mewtwo also has some sort of grip on time and space. Because not only does he's like, it's better if you forget this, but sends them back to the past. And I was like, okay, we did not even touch the fact that he can go and... Do I mean like how many times has he even theoretically done this? I don't know. Um, yeah, and and it, had it not how many times did he clone Pokemon over and over, and they invite people to his island, and then he was defeated, and then he just erased time back and tried it again, erased time back, tried it again until his Pokemon were powerful enough to defeat everybody else. And he didn't even let them know like why they were there, or how they got there. Like he rewinds time, puts them in a certain spot. And then he erases their memory back even further than that. Like it's yeah. multiple levels of kind of ridiculous power. Yeah. Know? Again, I was like, Truthfully. man, okay. So that, that's a little scary that we have. Uh, and, and I'm sure there is other legendaries and other God Pokemon down the road that have like the power of time and the power of space. But the fact that this, just this psychic Pokemon can obviously teleport people through time. I was like, okay, let's, a little scary that there's a Pokemon out there in the world that can do that. The psychic Pokemon in Gym 1, both in the anime and on like in the video game, are pretty ridiculous. I mean, for the video game, it's like your special attack and your special de- defense were all wrapped into one stat. It was just special stat, mm-hmm. making uh, a, a psychic like Alkazam or whatever, like twice as strong as you know, he he probably should have been because his offense and defense are great. Now it's a glass cannon where he just has great special attack and no special defense. Um, but then in the anime, like, think it back to the psychic Pokemon or the the psychics in the, the anime where you have the gym leader who, I'm sorry, I wasn't planning on talking about this. The gym leader who basically has like dolls and is trying to play with Ash and, and friends as dolls some, and turns Sabrina, them into... Right? Sabrina, yes, turns them into like yeah. little miniatures for her playset. Yeah. Like, like psychic abilities in Pokemon world are kind of ridiculous, and it is terrifying to think that a Pokemon like Mewtwo exists and can just kind of manipulate reality to his will. Yeah, you know? and that's and that's what you know. Very again, my last theoretically speaking. Sorry, Michael, for all the sound bits here. But I hope he's not. What if not on all of them, please? What if all of that never actually happened because Mewtwo was such a powerful psychic that he was playing out this scenario in people's minds and creating a fake and then making the altered reality? It? And it was all like everybody was there and he like 
froze them all, like psychic uh, Professor X froze them, got into all their heads and played out a theoretical, like what if I destroyed the world? Like what if, and when it, it panned out and he learned a lesson after getting in their heads with his psychic power, he just decides to go away. And like, but that all wasn't actually real. Maybe. Because it, it makes me think that because one, it's <laughs> because he's got this know. massive castle he obviously built. Like I said, he uh, has everything. He's super overpowered. Like, so like, what if it was all like he was just con- doing it all in people's minds? I don't know. You know? Yeah, maybe so. But so, I like the thing that it all actually happened and and what he says actually happened. Though if he has all these crazy powers, did he really ever need clones in the first place? I feel like he could probably do it on his own. Well, he needed you. the clones for the whole Noah's Ark aspect. I'm going yeah. to create a better world. but With clones, gotcha. Yeah, should have had a lot more Pokemon than like 12. Yeah. It's interesting because after everyone's erased or their memories erased, they have no clue what's going on. They're just like randomly in this harbor and they're like, all right, let's go get food or something. And then they go they out, they go out and they see that the storm's gone. And then you see Mew. And then Ash has that moment where he's like, Oh, I've seen a legendary before on the first day. You caught that, right? On yeah, like the yeah. First day he of my sees adventure. Ho-Oh flying yeah. on the first episode. Have you looked into the Ho theory at all? No, no, I haven't. Because I know Ho doesn't even appear till Gen 2. Yeah, so they they had already had, and I'm not going to go deep into this at all because it is a very long, very thought out theory. But essentially, like the creators had already had planned Ho Oh, and a lot of the Gen Two Pokemon were created in Gen One, and just like they're like, oh, we'll wait to introduce them later, see how this goes. But Ho Oh is uh, in the first episode of the anime. And Ash sees him right before he goes and gets shot by all, or, or sorry, Pikachu saves him uh, from the, what is it, Sparrows, I guess, are trying uh, yeah, to the, attack the him. Pharaohs, yeah. I think they're no, Sparrows. Sparrows, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Pikachu shocks, whatever. But essentially, there's a theory out there that the Pokedex entry for Ho-Oh is, if found, the Pokemon can grant any viewer eternal happiness. And so the thought is why Ash is always the same age no matter where he is in his journey, his Pokemon journey or whatever, is because his eternal happiness is to always be 10. And so maybe Pikachu shot him into a, like a coma or something like that. And so he's just in his mind forever living. It's dark and ridiculous. And there's probably like several iterations of this one theory. Um, but I just thought it was really fascinating for them to call out, oh, there's Mew. Remember that one time I saw Ho-Oh and I'm still 10 years old and... You know, I've been on this journey for forever. I thought that was kind of a an interesting little call out. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a great call out just because they were they wanted to like scratch the ultra fans itch of like, hey, wh- when are you going to make references to things that have already happened in the show? Like, uh, besides just like seeing their Pokemon, mm-hmm. um, and like little call outs like Brock being the ladies' man and. Uh, but you know, that's a one way to end a movie that has a mega fan base with like something they're like, yes, I get that reference. Yeah. I love it. But, but shouldn't, I know, I'm sorry. I'm getting stuck on Brock. Shouldn't a ladies man like have any women interested in him? No, that's why he's just identifies women then. Yeah, I guess so. It's because he's he's just, I say ladies man because he likes ladies, not ladies man because he's good with ladies. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Ned, I need to know, man, how many Nurse Joys out of 10 are you giving this movie? I'm giving it, 
for nostalgia, we alone, you get three Nurse Joys. Only three th- out of 10? No, I said for, for nostalgia's sake, like that's oh. a, alone okay. a th- worth we're starting three off. Nurse Joys. Gotcha. That's why the movie standalone on its own gets four Nurse Joys. So it was seven. Altogether a seven because it's nostalgia. It's the first movie. You get your Pikachu's. You get I don't I don't like Gen 3 Pokemon and beyond. It just gets way too messy. So this I like the simplicity. I like the nostalgic factor. It's a good like lesson learning thing. Mewtwo's such a badass character. Like, so that's why I'd say it gets a solid seven nurse joys from me. I I've got it at a seven as well. I got to ah, agree. Nice. It's a great movie, but at the same time, my lesson kind of is just some movies are better as as background noise when you're playing a Pokemon board game. And maybe that's just what this movie needs to be for me. I will continue to watch this movie for the sake of nostalgia probably once every year or once every other year for maybe the remainder of my life. I mean, who knows? Because it is such a pivotal moment for my childhood and for a lot of our childhoods. But I can't can't imagine like someone who doesn't like Pokemon getting into this movie and actually getting much out of it, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. I I got enough out of it to where I think I'm going to go watch Pokemon 2000 because Lugia is one of my favorite characters. It's a good movie too. I'm not going to lie. Both of them are about the same for me. I want to watch Pokemon 2000 just to figure out if they improved it a little bit. You know, Lugia is a way cooler legendary than Mewtwo, I think, for some. Mewtwo? Yeah, I mean, I like like Mewtwo a lot, but like... It's it's like the Superman theory to me that like Superman's a cool superhero, but it's kind of I think Superman's kind of lame. It's just like, yeah, he's invincible and nobody can beat him. So like okay. it's not that fun, you know. Well, here's a little factoid for you, and this could be a little bit off because I have not looked into this for a really long time, but I believe Lugia was created just for the movie. He wasn't a part of like the the video game or planned to oh, be a wow. part of the video game. And the guy who did uh, the cartoons in, in the first movie and the second movie, I believe, um, and maybe even the third movie, but he was just like, I need a really awesome character. And it was his favorite character was Lugia that he created for the film and ended up being, as we know, uh, the silver to the gold, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, for the second generation video games, one of the legendary Pokemon. But thinking of it from that standpoint, like it really, there's... It's incredible. Lugia is one of the coolest design Pokemons out there. And it is really neat that he just happened to be made for the second movie. Yeah. It wasn't which even means, again, which makes me think that the Pokemon 2000 is a better movie. Probably a lot more, probably a lot more went into it in terms of them. Just th- this movie somewhat felt like an extension of the show that they were making, not as much of like a let's make a, a really good movie. Let's make, let's get like really good plot points in there. Let's make a really good climax that doesn't have four themes all tied into one. Um, I like I like the second movie. I want you to watch it and let me know what you think. Because I We will, we will. I don't know curious. if we'll do a special on it, but we will watch it and discuss <laughs> it ourselves. I would love to if, if for whatever reason we decided to do another Pokemon special somewhere down the line, but we'll see. I don't know, man. We'll take it home. Like you said, I, I don't. I think we talked about all my lesson. You said your lesson was that some movies are better background noise, and maybe on that same note, I'll be like, some movies are best 
in childhood. And yeah. there's little aspects of our childhood that, you know, need to remain sacred in that kind of sense. So the fact that we did a podcast on it, breaking down the flaws, breaking down the theoreticals, it, it doesn't ruin it at all. And I want that to be like, to live in infamy as a child to be like, yes, Pokemon the movie. Yeah, yeah. It is without a doubt one of the cooler moments of of Pokemon in my mind, you know, yeah. and, and it will forever be, even if I'm hating on the movie in any way, you know, take it all with a grain of salt. I think I'm trying to hide how much of a geek, a uh, Pokemon geek I am. Um, and I do, I do really love this movie. Um, I just, I just don't watch that often. Um, yeah. Well, maybe I do. I don't know, man. Well, you I, I watch like it I'm contradicting appropriately myself. enough. <laughs> <laughs> I watch it. I watch it plenty for nostalgia's sake. Um, but I don't think everyone's gonna love it. Um, going back at it. But anyways, y'all, thanks for joining us for an extra long, extra ridiculous, extra unplanned and unorganized special. But hey, uh, I'm all we'd love having you guys. Unorganized. I love. Yeah. It. It's good. It's a lot harder to break down, you know, an hour, what is it, 70 minute movie or whatever than it is an 11 minute episode. Uh, but it's still such a fun conversation to have whenever we do. Um, yeah. If we had can, made this, if we had made this organized, it would have been like three hours long. If I we had, had all do a video of our essay. points organized. Yeah. You know, like we could do video essay format. Like me and Ned could read a script, you know, and, and take different takes or whatever. But, that's just not us. And yeah. I'm not I, trying to uh, do yeah. that. I'd, I'd get bogged down with that. Yeah. Um, yo, check us out on Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast, email us at NEA uh, dot travelers log at gmail.com. I didn't check that this week. Uh, I accidentally logged out of all my emails and I need to figure <laughs> out a way to get back into them all. Um, <laughs> we're good. We're good. It's all good. But yes, and, thank you guys. This, yeah. this has been... Yeah, and, and YouTube. Yeah, YouTube's another great place if you just don't like pulling up Apple or Spotify for podcasts. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, this has been a fun one. I think this this turned out to be a little less chaotic than I thought it might. So I'm really glad that I... And I, and I got to talk... Like, <laughs> everything that I had that was like whoa, these are my main points and um, my deep thoughts and the fun little like Easter eggs I found. I think we got to really like talk about them all. So that's why I was excited. I've I got to know real fast. Who's your favorite Pokemon, Ned? Um, favorite Pokemon of all time. All time. I don't know. Machamp holds a pretty special place in my heart. I, I love Machamp. Wow. Okay. I, don't, I, I, I have like to really that. think about favorites at that, that point. It feels very unique to me for uh, some or, reason. No, you know what? Take that back. It's Typhlosion. Typhlosion. Yeah, yeah. That's a good choice. I think that's a, a, a big fan favorite, honestly. Yeah. I, I think I played the crap out of Ruby version and freaking, I, I couldn't play not the game Ruby. with that. And was that not Ruby? That was no, silver or gold. Yes, that was silver. Sorry. I'm getting my games flopped. You said earlier that you hate Gen 3 and, and so forth. Well, I played it. Ruby and Sapphire. I, had, I played Ruby, Sapphire, but. Like, yeah, I just, yeah, it didn't it hit it. It was, a, it was a more fun game because it was well-developed, but like, I played Silver way more than, I, and yeah. enjoyed Silver but you like Typhlosion. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Man, I'm a sucker for water type, so Squirtle is up there, certainly for me, and so is, uh, from the third generation, actually Swampert uh, and yeah. Mudkip, the first evolution of that. But I think my favorite's Heracross, which is a second generation Pokemon also. I just, just, I don't get, I I know you love it because that's like your Pokemon Go, go to. Yeah. I just don't get that one. He's just 
freaking awesome. I, I as a little kid, all right, dang it. Sorry, this is going a little bit longer, but I just just want to I can actually connect this with Pokemon. So the reason Pokemon was created was because the the dude who made Pokemon as a little kid would collect bugs uh or something and I, I may be off a little bit but he would collect bugs on his playground or in his backyard or whatever and it was a thrill for him was like collecting these little bugs and creatures animals or whatever and then he would he would bring them with him or whatever uh and as a game developer he wanted to take that childhood wonder that is going out and capturing bugs and turn it into a, a video game and that's how you get pocket monsters your pokemon um, something along those lines. And as a kid, I would be out on the playground for, I think it was second, ge- uh, second generation, second grade when I would do this, but I would go and capture beetles. Um, and I just loved the way beetles look. And then I would let them go in my school for some reason. Um, but I think that the feeling of capturing beetles and how cool beetles were, and then all of a sudden in Gen 2, you get this really cool blue, my favorite color, beetle, Hercules beetle Pokemon. I just really attached to it. So Heracross is and probably will always be my favorite Pokemon. Okay. That, so yeah, at least you have a backstory for it. That makes yeah. more sense, you know? I don't know. It's better than my reason why I like the Cowboys, for sure. It's just the color and the, just the, the logo. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the color. I'm more of a Falcons fan now. But anyways, all right, you guys, that's enough. That's, en- that's enough of us. We'll see y'all <laughs> next Tuesday for uh, right. a really good Adventure Time episode. Yeah. We'll this, get back the, in, in the season just, two. Wrapping up season two, it's going to be so much fun. It's all good, all good stuff. So join us again when we get back to our regular scheduled programming. Yep. Ned, travelers, party forever. Oh, love the cheese guys.